for joining me in Sheffy's Sandbox. This is my second just rambling monologue episode. So there are no guests here except for myself and the different parts of me that show up to both entertain and uh, horrify you. So anyway, I invite you to uh, listen and tell me what you think. Send me an email, thesandboxpod at gmail.com. One correction slash disclaimer that I have to make uh, before you listen to this is that I realized I used the words uh, Rambo and Rocky interchangeably. It's annoying, I know, and I apologize. So as I push the record button, it occurs to me that this podcast could end up being a documentary of um, one person slowly going insane. <laughs> I have felt with this COVID, it's it's been crazy. And uh, but anyway, yes, lots of time for reflection. Lots of time to be quiet with myself and everything like that. But uh, <laughs> I was just thinking how, um, depending on how this goes, this could just be a, a series of talks where I start talking to myself more and more often and just laugh crazily to myself. And... Um, at least you'll know what happened as it happened. Like, these were the signs that she was going downhill. <laughs> okay, anyway. Uh, all that kidding aside, um, it's Sunday evening, and I'm by myself. Uh, the child is at her grandma's this weekend, and my husband is uh, with his dad, uh, who has a um, procedure scheduled for tomorrow uh, to have a pacemaker put in. So um, I have plenty of time to just talk with you. And I have quite a bit to talk about. Um, I opened up a Google Doc and started writing some of the stuff that I wanted to talk about because I feel like all these things have happened and they all kind of, you know, they're threads that get woven together. But it's, these messages have come from so many different areas. It's hard to like try and trace them back to, okay, this is where I first heard this, this is where I first heard that. Um, but put all together, it's, pretty powerful message so I wanted to see just wanted to share it with you guys um but again this google doc didn't really help me <laughs> figure out how uh to organize this um the first thing I want to talk about uh is a podcast that I love called myths that make us myths that make us podcast uh generally features one guest per episode so in this podcast, the host asks his guests a series of questions, um, one of them being, 
you know, what movie or book did you uh, read or watch you know, as a kid that you just couldn't get enough of? Like the first thing that you really remember latching on to. And the whole thing of it being that generally that first story, that first myth that we, uh, you know, just latch on to that we just feed off of that uh, our psyche finds in that myth, that story, something that uh, serves us, like what it thinks of as the answer, uh, the way to navigate life going forward. And if I had to uh, say what may have been like a beginning influence, uh, I couldn't, I wouldn't say it was many of the books that my friends uh, or movies that my friends had watched. I know a lot of people, uh, their answer on the show is uh, Little Mermaid and or some, you know, other Disney movies. Uh, mine, however, was Rambo. Yeah, I don't know how uh, with my uh, parents being as strict as they were, how they allowed a uh, rated R series <laughs> into the home. But yeah, I think, you know, Rambo, Rocky, whoever... Sylvester Sloan was playing, uh, he got uh, a pass into the, into the household I was in, uh, I guess because his, it was a righteous anger or, or whatever, you know, it was good against evil, you know, it wasn't just that he was killing people, it, he was killing bad people. So I think maybe that's part of the reason why that got through to me as a young kid. But, um, yeah, I remember being at my dad's house and there was like just a small wooded area behind there. And, uh, my stepbrother at the time had one of those big survival knives and it was like fashioned after the Rambo knife. And, you know, you had the compass on the end, you could unscrew it. And there was a space in there for, I don't know, matches, who knows what all. And, so, you know, we're just, uh, me and my brothers were there on the ground, on their bellies, you know, just trying to crawl as though we were um, in the <laughs> in the forest tracking down somebody. I have no idea, but I have realized that, indeed, that was the pattern that I decided in my young mind that this was how I was going to navigate life. And uh, like I was telling my husband, if if that's the story, that's if that's the myth I've been living, it makes sense because uh, Rambo was always misunderstood. He was always the underdog. He always felt, rightly so, that uh, the world was against him, the odds were stacked against him. But yet, 
it was him and him alone that was there in his corner. I think we're going to a, a Rocky reference now, but you know, you know, he's there for himself. He's a one man army and he saves the freaking world. He, he is a rock. And that's also a pun too, because Rocky, but I'm sorry guys. <laughs> anyway, he's a rock and he's a savior. But I tell my husband, I don't, now that I, I've identified the story that I've been living, I can put down that story and pick up a new one. What story do I want to live now? It's not a story that always ends with me walking into the sunset alone. It's at the end of every movie. Guess what? Rambo is still alone. He's that lone wolf. He's that, like I said, one man army. <sighs> He's a tortured soul. He... Yeah. And I guess I've felt that way. That the odds were against me. You know, just... I feel like often I come off sounding like, woe is me, and I had it so bad. But, you know, I did grow up in very uh, poor circumstances. And... Uh, I just really resonated with the whole uh, Rocky message. Like, no one else is going to jump in. It has to be you. You have to suck it up. You know, you have to be the one that comes through. And I think I've uh, lived that. And I... In my first marriage, even, I chose a relationship uh, with someone that, in so many ways, very precious, like innocent, fun-loving, pure soul, but at the same time was not someone who felt empowered. You know, I got into a relationship with someone where um, if bills needed to be paid or, you know, a phone call needed to be made to, I don't know, utility company or, you know, someone needed to apply for credit, you know, that was going to be me. Um, so, I again, I was calling that into uh, my life where I was the one that had the answers. And here recently, you know, as I've been slowly, I don't know, telling my husband, or like revealing the person inside that I'm trying to figure out, you know, some of it's not all that pretty, and I, you know, I've 
been afraid that, you know, if he were to see that, that he would be like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this monster, you know, I've married, but um, I've realized that he's not walking away, you know, because he loves me unconditionally. Anyway, I feel like I am in now, I'm now in a safe place where I can kind of reveal some of my weaknesses and I don't have to be strong. But it, at the same time, it's relinquishing control because in my Rambo persona, I have some semblance of control, some mirage, some, you know, some elaborate lie. <laughs> I've been trying to tell myself that I can, you know, whatever it is that I want done, I can do it. And I'll just pause to say that uh, I've been reading this book by Robert A. Johnson, and it's called We, Understanding the Psychology of Romantic Love. And I had already kind of put together that maybe Rambo had been my myth that I had been living, but that came into sharp focus as I was reading this book. Um, and one of the things it was talking about is that uh, one of the quotes here. So, okay, so it was talking about the masculine energy versus the feminine energy. And that's not like, uh, and that's inside of each person, the masculine energy of getting things done, progress, let's do this, um, action. Versus the feminine energy, which is more of being receptive, being still, um, being appreciative of what's going on around you. I think I'm saying that not that great. <laughs> but anyway, as I'm reading this book, uh, where it's talking about the masculine energy I started to feel really bad. I'm like, yes, why Why have I felt like this need to be a warrior? I've missed out on so much life not accepting things as they are, always wanting things to be different um, and trying to make it happen. That was one of my, you know, my mantras. I felt like it's been, but make it happen. Well, and so I, again, when I read this book, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm starting to feel bad. I've missed out on like a whole half of my life. And, but I read this part here. It says, he, and it's talking about the Tristan character in the story, because it's also um, analyzing a myth. Uh, he must develop enough masculine ego strength so that he can approach the powerful inner feminine on equal terms. 
it goes on, blah, blah, blah. Um, it was saying that for that task, the male ego needs to be a hero. And the hero's first task is to strengthen his masculine consciousness. So, okay, I was like, okay, I have, at least uh, maybe it's in sequence because this whole, I've spent 39 years now developing uh, this masculine consciousness of protecting yourself and making it happen and believing that no one's going to be there for you. Uh, if anything's going to happen, you have to do it. Uh, and so, but maybe this gave me hope, like, okay, maybe that did have to happen in order for me to approach what I feel like is happening now is me being introduced to the feminine side of life's energy and I like I go back to the beginning of this podcast I've been spending a lot of time so the book continues he must have sword power to protect his conscious life so I would say that I definitely have enough sword power uh, to protect my conscious life in that um, I know what needs to be done to pay bills and to put food on the table and make sure my daughter has everything she needs and and then lots extra. But... I have a lot of familiarity with that that lonely path. Uh, what, it, what it was talking about the feminine, um, this paragraph right here says, one of the great strengths of the inner feminine is the ability to let go, to give up ego control, to stop trying to control the people and the situation, to turn the situation over to fate, and wait on the natural flow of the universe. To give up the oar and sail means to drop personal control and give oneself over to the will of God. To leave the sword means to stop trying to understand by intellect or logic. To stop trying to force things. To take up the harp means to wait patiently, listening to a soft voice within, for the wisdom that comes not from logic or action, but from feeling, intuition, the irrational, and the lyrical. And uh, I won't read any more directly from the book, although I would love to, because I'm not sure how copyright laws go, <laughs> whether I'm allowed to put too much of that in one place or not. But I thought that was so descriptive of where I am in life right now so I feel like I'm just waiting and that I'm being asked by the universe to just accept that nothing's happening and to try and stop forcing things to happen 
because I can tell you that uh, as much as I am wielding a sword, it doesn't, uh, it often doesn't do anything, you know, except scare people away and Uh, so this leads me down another rabbit hole. Uh, I listened to another podcast by De Luna about human design. And if human design sounds complicated, it's because it is. And I don't know how really to explain it other than human design you put in your birth date, birth time, place of birth, all of that woo-woo stuff, and it comes up with a picture. So you have this um, diagram of a person, and you'll see on there that there are different energy centers on this diagram of a person. And you'll see like these energy centers may be colored in, or they might be... Uh, just white space, blank. And if there is, if it's um, not filled in, if it's blank, that basically means that you don't have a steady energy in that area or aspect of life, that you're more open to uh, other people's energies, you know, in that uh, aspect or in that dynamic. But the areas uh, that you do have colored in, that is where you have defined energy, consistent uh, strength and energy from those areas. So uh, I was in a very uncomfortable, restless place last week. And hey, guess what? (laughs) I'm still there. But um, I saw on Facebook that um, that uh, po- the podcast hosts had said, you know what, uh, just, we just encourage you to get to know every one of your gates. Okay, so what gates are, are very specific qualities that are on each of these energy centers. So anyway, it's just basically an aspect of yourself. And you can take that even further where it can be uh, a design attribute or it can be a personality attribute. So the difference being, some people have described it, well, uh, human design, if it's a design characteristic, it's like the vehicle you're in. And if it's a personality characteristic, that's kind of like the passenger in the backseat. So I would like to take that analogy a little further and be like the, uh, yes, the when it, when it talks about the design being the vehicle that you're in, uh, those are the things that some, uh, you're largely unconscious of. And... The personality things are uh, things that you probably are very conscious of. Those are kind of like what define your mind. That's how you uh, 
that's the filter that you see things through. Um, but knowing the design part of it, which you know some people have said is like the vehicle you're in, can be very helpful too because um, maybe you're in a tractor. <laughs> you would use, you know, you would go about something differently if you were in a tractor versus, you know, a Corvette. You know, first of all, there's an issue of clearance. You know, a Corvette's not always the thing that you want to have. So I'm not saying that one vehicle is better than another, but it can be helpful to know what you're in and because that can, you know, make things a little easier for the other parts of you uh, to, I don't know, to be okay with. <laughs> so if something seems to be really difficult for you on an unconscious level, you're like, I don't know what is happening, but there is something that uh, that's not comfortable for with me for me. Then, you know, maybe you can look at the design parts of your um, human design chart. Uh, I went through all that to say I was looking at my human design diagram, and I noticed that there is a gate that's defined that is right there in the middle towards the bottom, the, the root of this person's di person diagram. And I'm like, you know what? Let's get to the root of it and see what this gate is because it's central and it's at the base. Maybe I can start there and that will make a lot of other things make sense. So I looked that up and it was gate 60. And that is the gate of acceptance. And the more I read about this, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so where I am right now. So the high expression of this gate is, okay, so if you are have this gate defined, meaning this is consistently where you have energy and how you experience life. A uh, high expression of that, because there's always a high road and low road usually, high expression would be to accept the mystery of the mutative process, the on-off process, and trust that transformation is occurring within me and thus the world around me. Okay. Plus the high expression. Everyone wants the high expression. Uh, all too often, though, what I've been feeling is the low expression. Impatient with the unpredictable mutative process. There is inherent melancholy with this gate, and it can deepen with low expression. You can have anxiety and be unenthused. Well, I, uh... It's like, okay, I need to find out more information about gate 60. Uh, so I happened to put a note, a comment on De Luna's post asking for a little bit more information about uh, my line within that gate. So that goes even deeper with him. 
There was no uh, response, which is completely understandable. I'm sure they have lots of people uh, commenting and wanting to be able to get in touch with them. But uh, so that was Sunday, last Sunday, the following Tuesday, uh, there was, they released a podcast episode where they touched on four of the gates. And one of them was gate 60. I think that was the first one, possibly. I'm trying to remember. Anyway, gate 60 was one of them that they went on about. And she was talking about, this is the gate of progress. You're going to get things done. Yes. <laughs> so yes. And she said, one of the hosts has this gate also defined. And she is, she defines, uh, the uncomfortable part of this as the pause, which I thought it was a little funny because um, I know a friend who called uh, getting high uh, the pause. But um, anyway, they were like, it's when things aren't happening, this on off process, when things are in the off. <sighs> And it causes, it can, yeah, she said, everything can be going fantastic and great and has momentum. And then, like, it could be the next moment. You could, the pause comes in and makes you question everything. Like, what's the meaning of life? Why am I here? What am I doing here? And that is, I don't, I just felt it was so freeing because it's so me and I've always been that way I'm like the moments now I'm always a now person let's do it if we're not going to do it let's not talk about it you know I'm very much an action person I want to I need to see progress I need to see that things are uh, happening and getting better so uh when I Put this together with my human design gate 60. Paired it with the myths that make us podcast analogy of what story am I living? And I've been living the story, at least internally, of a lonely warrior. And then coupled it with this uh, book, Understanding the Psychology of Romantic Love, where I needed to have possibly that masculine energy developed in order to be able to even approach this feminine energy, to be able to lay down my sword and pick up the harp and in this story of Tristan that um, it breaks down. I felt like it was all, uh, you know, all weaving it together. And I'm like, okay. But it gets to a point like when, when is this pause over? Like, okay, maybe a, a day, mm-hmm. a week, okay. Uh, I, that's the uncomfortable part. I don't know 
when things are going to change. Okay, so, uh, and then I'll let you in on something else. So, like I told you, I don't have the kid um, today. And so, uh, knowing I had nothing planned, uh, I ingested a substance. And because uh, if I couldn't take a trip outside anywhere, anyway, so I... Like I said, I did that. And, you know, I, I burned my incense and I was like just quieting myself, you know, likening it to uh, some people's ayahuasca experience. You know, um, if you haven't heard of ayahuasca, uh, and there's some pretty neat experiences people have had, life changing experiences. Uh, from plant medicine ceremony is what they call it. So um, sometimes in these plant medicine ceremonies, uh, they'll they'll set an intention, and sometimes uh, their intention will be uh, whatever they're looking for in this interaction, whatever answers they're trying to get from within themselves on this journey, uh, sometimes they get it. And then sometimes they're uh, more often than not face to face with their fear, you know? And I was like, you know what? I have the day ahead of me. Let's do this. Let's face a fear, you know, whatever comes up, you know, let's do it. I picked up that sword again, people. That sword that I was supposed to be laying down for my heart, like in the story of Tristan, I was picking that sword back up all in the name of, you know, being in that feminine energy. But no, I seriously still had my hand on that sword, you know, wanting something to happen. I had I had, had a, uh, uh, a class that had I had scheduled for this weekend. But then this one thing after another had happened and it didn't work out. And, you know, I don't, I'm not one that doesn't, sometimes I don't do well with no plans at all. So, anyway, so the plans fell through and I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm maturing. I'm gonna just take it as it comes. Uh, I'm just going to see what's happening. I'm going to trust, like uh, the Day Luna podcast had said, I'm just going to trust that something's happening inside. What they had uh, suggested is that you liken the pause to that of an arrow in your bow. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, that, again, plays into the whole uh, Rocky imagery right so he has his bow and they're like you know often with people this gate 60 you want to see that arrow flying you want to see it going somewhere but think of this pause as you drawing that arrow back like you're stringing that sucker and it is you're taking aim and there's that energy being stored so that whenever you do release that arrow, 
it's going to be going in the right direction with power because you've set plenty of intention and so that's what I was like yes that's what I want okay and so I think I kind of forgot where I was going <laughs> I got all excited about my Rambo um, bow slinging uh, hero um, so anyway so I sat down. I'm like, we're going to face this fear. If that if that's what comes up. Okay. Well, you know, I journaled. I went outside. I uh, took a bath with, uh, you know, some Himalayan salt and some essential oil. And went outside some more. Lots of waiting and trying to be receptive. Two and a half hours later, you know, I was lying in bed and I was looking up at the ceiling and I like thought to myself, I'm bored. I've kind of had enough of this whole new agey, let's get in touch with our feelings, introspection type stuff. Nothing happened. And believe me, it's not because I I didn't ingest enough. Okay, so. <laughs> anyway. And then it clicked. Like, if it was a light bulb, you would have heard, like, the, the old-fashioned, the kachink of the light bulb being turned on. I'm like, oh, my gosh. That was my fear that I faced. <laughs> The fear of nothing happening, of no progress, of boredom. That was my fear, and I did face it. So it was like one of those moments that it, maybe it doesn't make any sense to anybody else. But I was like, oh my gosh, I was still trying to be that masculine energy, I was tired of waiting for progress, for a sense of something happening. And so in a way, I was trying to force something to happen by ingesting this thing. And I did face my fear. (laughs) Nothing happened. So, um, so the guys, that's where I'm at. I'm trying to approach life with enough of this masculine energy that I've been channeling for my inner Rambo for far too long. And I'm trying to meet my Isult. The feminine energy, and in the process, I'm trying to find transcendence where you know it all makes sense, and I find meaning even when the pieces don't make sense. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to tell you all, everyone, about these synchronicities that have been happening. 
and that's not all of them but I like I said I can't I can't weave it all together right now but um if you feel like you're in a sin uh just stale waters where nothing's moving no progress is happening and if you're a progress person then I just encourage you to know you're not alone and that, you know, what look around you have. I'm going to just talk to myself. I need to look around and see these other warriors around me who have their bows drawn because we're in this massive, colossal, collective pause moment where we are drawing back our bows and there's going to come a time when they say fire and we just need to have the intention we need to have our sights set on what it is that we're after so that we can hit our target all right, guys, I love you, and I'm going to finish. <laughs> I'm going to stop talking for now, but um, uh, if you would just send me an email, let me know that you stayed with me through all of this long, drawn-out monologue, and I would so appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.